You're listening to More Than Just An Impression with me, Chris Walker-Thompson. My first guest in this series is an actor and comedian whom I've worked with on the We Sound Familiar podcast, a podcast based around impressions and comedy sketches. And more recently, he has made the big leagues in playing John Hurt's iconic war doctor from Doctor Who, last seen on TV on the day of the Doctor, and also in Big Finish's The War Doctor range. This interview was recorded just after the release of his first set in his new series, The War Doctor Begins, on Big Finish, called Forged in Fire. And here is a clip from the trailer issued by Big Finish. The universe is at war. The Time Lords against the Daleks. In the face of tyranny, one can either fight, flee or surrender. You have another purpose, another destiny, as to all of your people. Slaves to the Daleks, no, never. I can help you fight. No, you said you'd come to save me. Yes, now sleep. You lied to me. No, I just didn't tell you the whole truth. (laughs) It's a work of art. Glorious! A work of art! Fellows, don't you see? Don't any of you see? It's the end of the world! So please welcome my first guest, Jonathan Carley. Hello, John. Thank you for joining me. No, pleasure to be here. I mean, it's not like we've not talked before. So. No, 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 not at all. It's a, it's a new, different terrain, I think. Um, to be so formal. I mean, I mean, I know I dressed for the occasion, but you know, not to see on audio. <laughs> Stephanie, got that sort of uh, working from home vibe where you can work in your pants, just like podcasts, you know. Oh yeah, top half is all business. Uh, <laughs> below the waist, anything goes. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, so I, I, I have to say, I have just uh, listened to the, uh, the the War Doctor Begins uh, Volume One. Uh, Forged in Fire, um, which was only just released uh, last month, actually. So I'm, I'm, ca- I'm getting, I'm reasonably up to date on the, on their releases. Yeah, you can catch them say, getting there. You're still, still in the running. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I have to say, actually, how Im- just, I've just, it just kept blowing. My- I've heard your John Hurt several times. I mean, we've done it on stage together. Uh, well, you've done your John Hurt. I, I haven't. Um, and you know, we and so forth. But just it. It felt like it wasn't wasn't you at all. You know, I I just could not uh, picture anyone else other than John Hurt. It was such a very very good performance. In that um, case, my work here is done. Yeah. So, so I suppose the real question is, but uh, before we come on to the big finish production um, mm. there, how how did it actually begin with John Hurt as such? Like, um, what was it that did you just? pick John Hurt one day and sort of stick with it? Or was it something that just, just came to you? Yeah, it's, it's something that obviously I've had to think a lot about. And you know, to be honest, it, it's, it's easier said than done to come up with answers, really. Um, because, you know, I'm, I'm sure like yourself, voices is just something that kind of comes naturally. And, you know, when you're a kid, you know, when you're playing at 
at home or playing in the playground at school. Mm. Um, you know, it's just something that you do. Um, it's only later on you think that you know maybe there's you know something to this that can be made of this skill and this uh, this craft and and where it can possibly take you. So um, you know when we're, we're sort of part of the generation where the technology to actually record these things and make something yeah, of these things yeah. became accessible, um, which when you think about it, it's only in the last 10 years or so, I'd say, maybe 10, 15 years. Um, so like, I'd always been creative and the idea of like shooting my own stuff and recording my own stuff is something that always appealed to me, um, more visually than anything. Because mm. uh, I went and studied like um, media production, which encapsulated all different parts of photography, filmmaking, uh, and audio and radio. Yeah. So, um, but it was not really a priority, and I'd never really married those two skills up because I've had friends that said, "Oh, you should become like uh, a voice actor or or do like these voices for a living," and I'd be like, "Nah," because I'd not been to drama school I never studied like drama or theater or anything like before the opportunity just never really came up because um you know like through my throughout my education you know the idea of drama was always kind of sniffed at um yeah you know, it was always the, the finer classical side of things that was the academic uh, of academic interest um but then as i sort of branched over onto that other side and it was kind of a result of you know, my expectations and of what I wanted to put out in terms of creative content versus the resources were getting more and more squeezed because, you know, as you learn more and you see more and you see what others are doing, you kind of feel like you've got to raise your game. Um, but when you're just one person and you're watching films and TV shows that hundreds and thousands of people have made, you kind of feel a bit yeah. inadequate or like you can't compete. Um, or you just haven't got the time to focus on it. So I started just doing little quick things, kind of threaded together of just uh, of like little shorts, mostly based around Doctor Who, um, where I was like, well, I don't really know anyone else that can contribute, um, or I didn't feel comfortable reaching out to other people that could uh, contribute. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just do it all myself. You know, I'll write in characters that I feel that I can... Um, I can do to a reasonable degree. And that really started with David Tennant, the 10th Doctor. Um, and from a thing I put out on YouTube, uh, Stuart Humphreys, who um, many will perhaps better know as Babel Colour, yes. um, complimented me on the voice and said it was basically pitch perfect. And I just responded um, purely in kind of just saying, thank you so much, because I'd seen his work and I was totally in awe of it, you know, exact, coming full circle to exactly what I was saying about feeling inadequate in, in, yeah, in the yeah. shadow of these great people, um, and said, if you ever want some lines, I'd be more than happy to help. And he took me up on it. Um, and this is going back, again, 10 or 15 years. And yes, it, was a, I did was it, doctor, it was Dr. Tripod was your YouTube channel, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it's still there, but I, don't, I really don't. I haven't put anything out on there for ages <laughs> um, because, you know, real life and, you know, having to get a proper job, et cetera, kind of takes over. Um, you, made, you made the switch to the, to the sort of the professional angle. Yeah. 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 Or, or trying to be professional anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, 
Yeah, because he was doing his Ten Doctors series at the time, which was a sort of yes, yeah, uh, a really highly acclaimed within the within fandom a mashup of archive footage to create uh, a new narrative. And I was just providing like linking lines to help stitch blew, it and thread it together. Absolutely blew my mind when I first saw it. And, yeah. uh, and he's in the process of redoing it. So in a way, as you said there, it's come full circle. You, yeah, you're, even a, you're, you're even a part well. of, yeah, we're, we're, we're both involved in the, uh, in the new um, version, which, uh, um, which will be coming out as it's Timeless mm. Doctors, isn't it? Yeah, it's now called The Timeless Doctors, and it was originally yeah. sort of a 10th anniversary remake, but it's been sort of yeah. in production for about two or three years now. Um, so mm. <laughs> be patient, folks. Okay, um, yeah. So in the terms of John Hurt then, mm. was this a voice that you worked on before he became uh, the Doctor? Or was no. it... Um... No, it, it was... Um, I guess it was just a sort of reaction to the 50th anniversary um, where he made his appearance because that, that voice is so distinctive and such a mm. gift. Um, I think I just took a punt to see if I could do it um, because this sort of collection I was building up of, of voices and, and, and speeches, some executed better than others and some I would you know cringe listening back to now. Um, yeah, yeah. It, was like, it was just a case of... Okay, let's see if I can you know, do it. And you know, I listened back to those early recordings, which just purely from you know, the timestamp on YouTube, 2014, wasn't that long after um, the 50th. Um, I listened to them back and there's, there's sort of the seeds of something there. Mm. But me, how old would I have been? Sort of early 20s still, sort of really reaching and chasing for something that's not quite there. So it does feel a bit... Um, exaggerated and caricatured um, in hindsight. Yeah. Um, but it still garnered a lot of um, praise and positivity, which I was grateful for and, and led to other mm. things. Um, so, so at the time when you were working on it, what, what, what sort of did you do to, to work on the voice as such? Did you um, I just, just keep speaking aloud? Now, one of the things I, I found I ended up doing was every time I was in the car on my own, mm. I'd just be talking aloud in a voice <laughs> um, and just and it would just sort of thing I'd end up just doing like a whole sort of look insane to anyone outside but I would yeah. just like I would have this sort of idea of if I was especially when I was doing the audios like a scene I'd want to put in and I'd just sort of perform it to myself in the car to mm. see if it, does it work does it sound right or anything like that yeah I totally I laugh because I totally relate so oh, really? I feel like slightly validated I, that I'm not the only one that does this. Well, this, well, this podcast was originally just to, you know, find out what people's methods were and so forth. But mm. now I find it's a self-therapy thing. It's sort of, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, now, it's now convinced me that I'm not insane. We are all, you know, if, if there's two insane people, it's kind of more normal. Um, no, well, <laughs> you know, you, you've got to be honest about these things. And a lot of, of performing is about, Honesty and preparing to, you know, you know, preparing to look stupid. The only advantage is, is if you're in the car on, on your own, you know, you, you're in your safe space to try whatever the hell you like. Whatever the yeah. person like driving behind you is seeing through the window does not matter. It's exactly. just when you hear things about like you've got your smartphone that's spying on you and you think, what on <laughs> earth are the people at Google picking up here? <laughs> You don't want to pocket dial at this precise point and you get home and uh, wh whoever's just uh, said, you are aware you've been on the phone to me for about 30 minutes. 
Yeah, and the men in white coats are waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, it's like this guy, he, he thinks he's John Hurt. Yeah, he's been driving around for hours shouting at Daleks. It's, it, it's not healthy. Um, but it's fine if people pay you to do it. You know, that's, that's, mm, that's mm. different. <laughs> yes, um, yes. But, but yeah, it, it, it's a safe space to practice and just get in tune with, you know, that train of thought. I do it with just things on a whim, but also things that I, you know, I have to do. Um, cause I remember mm. I had, I had a, uh, a voice recording job, which was, um, they sprung upon me at the last minute, some songs. And I was like, I don't sing. This wasn't part of the deal. Um, but they, they recorded just these, I hadn't even heard the tune. So they just tried to record what they could and it wasn't working. So I came out of the booth and they said, and I said, you know, for the next session, is there any chance you can send me the tracks? beforehand and they said what you haven't had them already and i was like no <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not just hopeless i just genuinely had no idea what was going on um but when they sent me the tracks i was just driving like everywhere just singing along to these little 30 second ditties just to remember the words the timing and the rhythm and everything um and not sound like an absolute why are you singing this made-up song you know, um, because I had absolutely no frame of reference and trying to explain it is just more effort than it's worth. <laughs> but, That's yeah. um, is it So when then, with John, so, um, so as you say, it was from after the 50th, it was, just a, mm. it was just a voice you sort of set yourself as a sort of challenge after, um, after watching it. Um, mm. Did you end up going over his sort of back catalogue? It's quite a big back catalogue, I suppose. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, and this may be sacrilegious to some, is that Ooh. I've not... You've never not heard John out. Hurt in your life. It's just, <laughs> it's just come into your head. <laughs> not, not quite, uh, but I've not like, actively pursued his, like you say, his back catalogue of material for, um, for two reasons, really. Because, well, the first thing is that I'm playing the War Doctor. I'm not playing yeah. John Hurt. And I've got a connection to... The Doctor and by proxy the War Doctor because I've largely grown up to it, grown yeah. up with yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and I've got that relationship and understanding of the character. So I can bring that, no problem. I've just absorbed it. Um, so finally, it's paying off. My life hasn't been wasted. Um, <laughs> but in terms of the voice, it's more akin to um, a costume. I, I hesitate to say mask, but more of a costume. You've got to wear the right pieces and you've got to wear it in the right way, but it's yeah. by no means the start and the end of it. You know, y you can walk Very around true. in like your dad's clothes, but you're not your dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. Can't, you can't just turn up at, the, at, their, at your dad's office and start earning five, uh, five figures a year. Uh, that's not yeah, how it works. No, no, very true, very true. Um, but uh, I, it was never really like, something I set out to do to master uh, John Hurt. Um, it's purely the the way things have panned out, um, oh. which may seem, you know, to those that would absolutely kill for a role like this, it may seem the lucky swine. Um, but it's that's just the way it is because you know I'm mm. the kind of guy that you know I'm not a pessimist, but I'm a realist, and I think okay, I'll be I'll be honest, the odds are against me. The odds of you know doing a big, big finish, never mind playing a doctor, uh, bit, yeah, yeah. are very, You're very small. Top and, yeah. 
and completely out of your control. Mm. Um, as so much of the creative industries are, it's just about being in the right place at the right time and pleasing um, the right people. Like Colin Baker got um, you know, that famous story about him being considered for the Sixth Doctor because he was at a wedding with John Nathan Turner and you know was very entertaining. Um, some may argue that's not the best premise for hiring a lead <laughs> actor, but <laughs> nevertheless, it puts you in the frame. I didn't. I did not know that. I did people. not know that. Um, but it's it's the weirdest way these things come around because let's be honest, the creative industries is something of a closed circle. It is a bit of a clique. It is something of an old boys club, and mm. you know, all power to everyone who is you know overcoming those barriers. You know, the, yeah, the historically yeah. um, underrepresented people. Um, but yeah, I was just happy to when I started making some headway in voice acting and starting to take it seriously. Like, this is something that I could make something of a living from and add, you know, that string to my bow. Um, because, you know, like I said, when my friend was saying, like, you know, you should be a voice actor, I just laughed it off. It's like, no chance. Um, but it becomes a real prospect. And when people are like coming to you with offers, you start thinking, hmm. The moment someone maybe, offers you to pay for, uh, to pay yeah, for it. Yeah. It, basically, it, as soon as money's involved, it's a different mm. ball game because oh, oh, yeah. you can afford to turn down other things to focus on this, aspirational uh, aspect because i remember um in harder times when i was out of work uh i went down to the job center to check in and i was really really lucky because the um the advisor that they paired me up with um you know i've heard of people who have completely different experiences where they've said no give up this pipe dream just get a job anything just get anything yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But when I went and had this breakdown, he looked at my uh, CV and he looked at my uh, application history where I was apply applying for creative jobs. And he said, you know, normally we'd consider this aspirational, but you're finding things, you're applying for things and things that you fit for. I am happy for you to keep doing this and for this to be considered your job search requirements, which was, you know, it's not something to be taken for granted. Um, and then fast forward, you know, 10 years when, um, you know, you are in that running, you're auditioning and you're getting things, you're, you're actually being properly considered rather than um, just getting brushed off as a no nobody. These people are recognising you have something to give, something mm. that fits in with their project. It's, it's yeah, hugely yeah. rewarding and I'm, you know, I hold my hands up and I'm in a very privileged position, but I'd have been happy with just that. Um, you know, and, but, to get that initial contact, that initial um, email from Nick Briggs, um, it was just like, oh God, <laughs> you know, nothing quite prepares you for that. No, so, so did um, he, so did uh, Nicholas Briggs, for, for those who are listening, you probably know anyway, but I'll say yeah. in case you don't, um, one of the executive producers for Big Finish Productions. Um, so he contacted you out the blue to discuss this idea. Pretty much, um, because, you know, as time had gone on, I'd done some fan audio things, um, some of which that, you know, you're in as well. Um, mm. And it was on the back of that that I now know in hindsight is what kind of, you know, put me on the radar a little bit. Um, yeah. As far as I was concerned, it was just a little bit of fun that I was uh, glad to do, um, you know, a fun experience. Um, 
you know, it's when those two things cross over, it's almost like, is it a bit too good to be true? Um, but when it when it does and it plays out, it's it's great. There's nothing nothing quite like it. Um, mm. But you know, the funny thing was that John Hurt passed away in 2017, and yes. by all accounts, I think there was a feeling that that was it because he'd done he'd done the 50th anniversary. He'd come back to Big Finish and done four box sets, which were great. And yeah. even yeah. though the circumstances of him doing that. Um, weren't the best because he was very, very ill. Um, but I remember that he'd done those four because he was ill and it was the only work that he, that he could have done. And he, because um, he had pancreatic cancer, cancer and yeah. he went into remission, which was like a positive sign. I was like, yes. Yeah, I remember you know, reading that, yeah. It, you know, it's just, just great news hearing that, you know, anyone has overcome you know, something like that and is on the mend. And um, yeah, they were planning on doing more, but sadly, um, it wasn't to be. And I remember just how uh, um, you know, it really hit home when I read that news, uh, and I can remember it distinctly. And I just thought, that's that's the end, not just of that incarnation of the Doctor, but of you know, he's he's we're never going to see another performance from John Hurt again. That's that's yeah. it. Which is when when you read. Someone of his caliber, you know, despite everything he's done, there's always like the unlimited potential of all the things he could have done, you know, going forward. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and how can anyone, you know, step into those shoes and live up to that? Um, so, and naturally, everyone else was sort of prepared to, you know, let, let it rest. And, and rightly so, um, to be honest. Um, so while I was doing all these other voices, other people were picking me up for, different things like i was getting some 12th doctor stuff some 10th doctor stuff with stuart humphrey still mm. and um and, and other bits here and there like canine and monsters and, and all sorts and every now and again uh, a little bit of war doctor um but to actually get that proposition i thought oh that's um well when nick initially emailed me uh, he just said he, he wanted to have a chat and I was like, oh, okay. I don't think, I'm trying to think back, I don't think Doctor Who was ever mentioned at that stage. And you've got to remember, Big Finish makes an awful lot of content. It's not just Doctor Who. They do Blake 7. They do their originals and all, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. But you know, just to be considered for any of that would have been great. Funny, the Gareth get... Thomas impression was going to come in handy. In, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Do what happened but, uh, after? So he asked, he asked to speak to you. And... Um, yeah, so um, we set up a chat. <laughs> I binged like all the free samples of all the other like productions that they'd done that I hadn't actually heard, uh, just to <laughs> sort of prepare myself. Um, but no, it was Doctor Who, which was great. It's like, Whew, okay, I know what that is. Um, <laughs> and um, he, he came straight out with it, saying, "We're we're talking War Doctor." It's like, oh, okay, wow. Um, and it was all very vague at that stage because it was one of those things where you kind of have to feel your way with it because John Hurt passed away in 2017 and this conversation was late in 2019, it would have been. So yeah, you, only a couple it's, of years. It's even, yeah. Time the had dust, passed. The but, dust is still is, is settled, but you still sort of think it could settle more. Yeah. Yeah. You, you want to tread very carefully, especially mm. if you're putting 
you know, something official behind it. If someone wants to pay tribute, that is great. It's done with love. But again, in some ways, when money is involved, when something is being done as a business, you know, cer- certain people will see that as a red flag. Um, but, you know, it's kind of testament to what Big Finish does with many of their recastings in that they are, I don't think they've done a bad recast. The way they've gone, they go about them is very tactful and respectful. Um, yes. Like you've got some where they bring in um, either they, they've done like complete recasts like with um, Elliot Chapman playing uh, Ben for the second Doctor audios. Um, which was kind of a bit left field because, you know, he, 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 Ben is sort of, well, largely because many of his stories are missing, is kind of an up, unre- underrepresented character. So in terms of objections, that, you know, section is yeah. going to be a little quieter, let's just, let's just say. Um, but also you've got things like, um, well, recently you've got um, Daisy Ashford and Sadie Miller playing... Um, their mother's roles Liz Shaw and and Sarah Jane Smith respectively so there's a certain legitimacy to that that you can't really argue with because Mm. they they've grown up with these they lived with these people um and it's just like it's just a more natural passing of the baton but then you've got the likes of Tim Trelaw playing the third doctor and indeed Jacob Dudman playing well, pretty much all of the new series doctors, um, <laughs> yes. where there's a different vibe. Like with Tim, he started out as narrating these new Third Doctor adventures, and people have been crying out for Third Doctor stories for years because it just wasn't possible. The only person that we had uh, still alive at one point really was Katie Manning, yeah, um, yeah, and John Levine and Richard Franklin. But Katie Manning was the only person still sort of active on the circuit, and. How do you do a full cast audio with one person? But don't get me wrong, Katie Manning absolutely gave her all in the work that she did to, you know, in the Companion Chronicles to, um, yeah, to yeah. bring those to life. Um, but bringing Tim Trelaw just brought a whole new energy and opened up a whole new mm. realm of possibilities with a very um, respectful and, and, and tactful approach to the role, which isn't really an impression. It's more of a, an invocation of the spirit. Um, yeah, that's, because that's what I, yeah, it, it's something that's uh, stuck with me. I've never called or liked calling, uh, when I do Patrick Troughton, an impression. I call mm. it uh, a performance, really, yes. or yeah. em- emulation, a kind of, you know, you, you are emulating yeah. something, even like, there is that sort of thing you accept that you're not exactly sounding some parts of it. You, you're like, I'm hitting the right notes, but then mm. you you know the essence of of what is. So it, you know, yeah, if, and you've got to channel that. Yeah, you can channel certain things. For, like with uh, as you say with the Tim Trelaws, um stuff, and I hope to get him on the podcast one day because um, uh, uh, you know whether the you but believe is accurate or not it just you hmm. you listen to it and you feel thanks to yeah you feel like you're in 1973 or watching yeah it, 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 on VHS. It, it fits in perfectly and they in the surroundings that he makes it work hmm. and uh yeah so on um and a lot of that is the relationship that he has with katie oh yes absolutely um but going back to the uh to john hurt there hmm. um as as uh you know, as, as the main topic, but with, yep. so well, are you aware of, because of course they are very tasteful into, you know, 
they would hire, say, Daisy Ashford or Sadie Miller mm. to play their respected mothers to, you know, yeah. and they're okay with that. It sort of gives them, it makes it safe. Uh, there's, and mm. sort of respectful still. Do you know what convinced them with John Hurt as such to do it that sort of soon? Mm-hmm. Do you, have they been not given a were there, was clue, there an issue? Really? No, not not a clue because, like I said, they were sort of feeling their way, and I think there was a mutual understanding from um, from the very start of you know, the discussion that at any point, if it didn't feel right, you know, I could have done everything right, but if any point it, it, it yeah. didn't feel right or it wasn't the right time, it would be off. Because um, you just kind of got to read the room on on these things, and you know, Big Finish have been reading the room for twenty plus years. They they know the room, um, and they know their mm. audience as well. Um, but yeah, you know, I guess it was, you know, from my perspective as you know an audience member, um, it was just kind of case of, you know, we either keep the spirit alive, or we'd let the character die as well. Um, yeah, you know because like the the they had the four story the the four box sets that's a a good run within like the big finish you know canon yeah. or the big finish yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, catalog um that's that's a very good run um but you know they've spun off different things about this whole um era of the time war which played such a an integral part of the growth of the character when it came back in two thousand five and indeed in Day of the Doctor that could sustain uh, a, a different, a, a whole hidden incarnation that people could buy into and invest into uh, emotionally. Mm. Um, and, you know, they'd done it with their Gallifrey series, they'd done the Warmaster series, um, and, you know, the audience loves them. So it's yeah. kind of like almost like an elephant in the room or an elephant not in the room, I guess, um, that we were doing all this didn't have a doctor to fit in there. Uh, they tried to do it with um, Paul McGann. Um, yeah, so they've... Yeah, they, but they, there's only so far you can take that. Because, as, as we know from, well, the show and the fact where your series picks up from is that mm. he avoids the war, so he becomes the war doctor to, yeah. you know, to fight it. So, yes, it, I did it, It's a transition that. from the doctor that runs away from it to the doctor that runs into the fire, um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and you know you, you can't just take say a script written for the war doctor and just give it to Paul McGann or rework it slightly and give it to Paul McGann and say it'll do. Yeah. That's that's not the way. You, you need to take better care with these things, and that's what Big Finish does. You know, it, it's it's not as cut and dried uh, as all that. I mean, you can maybe do it with some. It totally depends on the individual circumstances, but um, there's a whole uh, whole Pandora's box almost that you could explore with the character and like the challenges you can present the character with and situations um that you can only do with that um incarnation and i think there's definitely an appetite to explore that on both sides both within big finish and also from um mm. the audience and um yeah did you, know, you, did you think that um going into it because of, of course you said uh mm. so did you go into it sort of thinking this is or isn't going to work? I didn't think it wasn't going to work because, well, well, I don't know about it, it didn't. But did you did you go in thinking, oh, this could this could go down? 
Mm, yeah, that's. I was aware that it could potentially be divisive. Absolutely aware of that. Yeah. Um, but I had faith with the people I was working with and that were mm. setting this up um, that they would, you know, they would steer this ship in the right direction. Um, so I put all my faith in them pretty much. And it was kind of just my responsibility to um, sort of match that, that game, I suppose, um, and say, this, this isn't about me. This isn't about me showing off or me putting on a funny voice. No, this course. is about being authentic and true to the character and to the story, whichever script you happen to be performing. Mm. And um, no, it was a, absolutely a, a daunting prospect. And you know, it, it, I did question myself whether I could do it, wh- whether I had it in me or whether I could bring it um, on the day because... Um, I did an audition and um, in hindsight, well, as many actors will say, when you do an audition, you kind of go in the room, you give it your all and you leave and you have to forget about it because you're never going to see that audition tape again. And if actors did, they'd probably think, God, that was bloody awful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't say that my audition was awful, but I think on reflection, I probably over-prepared it. I was probably quite anxious and nervous and it probably wasn't my best. It was probably okay, um, but it wouldn't have been, you know, at a at a um, production level uh, performance of that. Because you're, um, you're quite uh, self-critical as, as I am as well. You know, like um, I wouldn't say self-critical. I just said well, reflective. That's what I mean. On you reflect, you yeah. reflect on it. Um, like I'm, I remember. Um, Anytime I've done the voice in something or anything, I sort of listen back and go, well, that was not the best performance I could mm. have done. I sort of, you always, I always feel, oh, I could have done that better. <laughs> yeah. Could have done yeah you're, that. you're always going to kick yourself over something or other, but you, you, no yeah. one is more, well, <laughs> some people aren't, but um, you, you never, no one is more aware of your faults than yourself oh, and absolutely. your own insecurities. And you kind of have to say to the, all those voices in the back of your head, shut up. Um, yeah. Because whatever I did in that audition room, um, some people would have said, that's great, I'll buy that. Um, but you're looking at a much bigger scale if you're mm. going into full production with something. And, um, mm. you know, I left that day thinking, that's how I'd love to know who else went up for the audition, though. Not because uh, I want to be friends with them. It's more of a case of <laughs> I want to know who will be doing figurine adventures from going forward. But um, <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the, uh, I have that sort of morbid curiosity, but at the same time, I, I don't want to know because I just—it's also I would I, just I, have yeah, an inferiority out of respect. Out of res- yeah, out of respect uh, as a, a professional actor, would never say they almost got the job mm. for that went to another person. You mm. know, because well, they just. Well, also, uh, we don't know how far along those discussions got because we know there was a list of people being considered, um, but I don't know whether they were ever approached. No, I, I suppose I'd just like to know, you know, how many... Because the thing is, I've never heard anyone do a John Hurt quite as close as you. In fact, I don't actually think I've heard anyone do a John Hurt impression before, uh, before yourself. Um, not to say that you are the only one, <laughs> but I'm intrigued on that. I mean, I mean, I'm fascinated to just know who they were in a sense. Be, like, I'd love to hear, I'd like to hear other people do Troughton because I'd like to hear um, 
not in the sense of, am I better than you? <laughs> like, just, I want to check out the competition. Which young buck is coming forward? Okay, I'll listen to that. And he goes, ha, 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 back to the drawing board for you, sunshine. No, There's I, I, two sides to it, because yeah. when you see someone else doing it, it it's, it's always fascinating to see their way into mm. something. Uh, even if it's not like a direct, like, yeah. note-perfect mimicry, I, but if they I invoke think, yeah, uh, the I spirit. Don't consider, I don't consider it a threat. I just think, like, well, me and yourself, we both mm. do a version of uh, the 12th Doctor. Mm. You know, you have you come at it at a different angle to the way I do it. So when I listen to yours, I go, hey, yeah, okay, didn't think of that angle. And neither of us yeah. is happy. <laughs> no, neither, neither, of us, neither of us like our own effort there. <laughs> but there, there, are, there are things where you listen to how someone else does it, like you say. Um, mm. I think I saw like um, there's a, some, uh, someone, Stuart Grant, who does a, a very good Tom Baker impression. Yes, that he you does. Would act, yeah. You would naturally assume was Tom Baker. Um, and of course, John Coleshaw is uh, renowned for doing his mm. Tom Baker impression. And uh, as well, and uh, you know, and that is equally very good and has been. But the, the funny um, thing is, though, you put them side by side and you compare them directly; they're they're quite different, but they they're are. essentially the same. You totally buy that they're the same um, mm. character that they're portraying. But um, I think even even John actually said in I think because uh, he saw the tweet or something and just mm. said, and said you know it and he and John being the humble man he is was very much a case of. It's always nice to see to hear how someone else does it. You know, it's yeah. it's not necessarily a critique of your own performance. It's it's yeah. more of it's just a fascination. And um, also having the the humility to say, "Oh, I wouldn't have done it like that," or "That's wrong." Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, just you know, you've got to be open to different perspectives if you're going to grow as a performer mm. or an impressionist. And I'm glad you've mentioned John Coleshaw actually, because you know, it's it's one thing like. You know, when you're young, you don't you don't really understand what a voice actor is. You like see a cartoon, and you just the voices is coming out of a character. You yeah. don't quite click that that's someone's job. They no. turn up in a booth, they play those characters all day, and that's it. Um, mm. But John Coleshaw is the first person that really stood out to me. That you know made that has made a living, has made a profile of doing the voices of other people that exist, yeah. which is absolutely crazy. So, you know, that, I think that was a light bulb moment for me um, at one stage or another, thinking... And myself, yeah. You know, y- y- it's not lesser to do impressions of people. It's perfectly valid in its own form. It's what you do with it, really. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, well, in regards to we talked there about, um, of course, sort of the, the wondering, is, it go- is this going to work? And you mentioned mm. it was been divisive. I think the response has been... But would you say less divisive than we than anyone would have thought once it was well, announced? I know there was two, two responses. Like, yeah, there's the initial announcement, and the, now yeah, it's actually come out because uh, they did the they did a very good thing of actually rather than just announcing Jonathan Carley is going to be mm. playing John Hurt's War Doctor. Yeah, uh, they put I believe it's the first scene actually uh, on uh, your mm. box set. Uh, yeah, the pre credit sequence, which came around fast because we'd only recorded it like two weeks before. Oh, really? Um, so I was amazed to actually hear it, like with sound effects and music and everything, um, which you know, set a lot of my own mm. insecurities at rest. Um, but whoever came up with the idea of you know, accompanying that with the announcement, give them a raise. Uh, because um, you know, I, was sort of, I was quite anxious about the announcement coming out because 
just seeing something written down as a proposal is very different to the execution. It's, it's, it's sort of theory and practice, really. And yes, like I said, yeah. it's only been, well, when was it? Late last year, 2020. So it'd only been more or less four years, which you know, for, some, for some people would have been ready. Some people will never be ready. And that is absolutely so, fine. It's the same with uh, it's the same with some of the past doctors who have long since died. Like, uh, well, yeah, you know, even um, you know Patrick Troughton as such. You know, uh, they've um, or even you know William Hartnell, John Pertwee. Mm. Um, yeah, the idea of anyone else playing those roles is mm. you know sacrilege. It's blasphemy. You know, when, yeah. even going back to when Richard Herndl did it in the Five Doctors, and latterly David Bradley. Um, yeah, and yeah. yeah, just the idea of anyone stepping into those shoes. Some some people are never going to be pleased, and if they're never going to be pleased, leave them to it. All power to them. Um, but purely coincidentally, what I think tied in really nicely was the fact that we did Doctors Assemble, the lockdown yes, project yes, yes. in the summer, which had kind of was a big boost of sort of publicity for all of us, really. In in, in the fan and I, circuit. I, and your doctor, the war doctor in that did uh, actually sort of stuck out the most from most of the comments, I believe, as well. So it definitely Yeah, well, people helped. Helped. It definitely it, helps like you people said, people up. hadn't heard it before. Mm, mm. And uh, it's, I say, yeah, that clip they put up was, uh, was absolutely excellent. And uh, because you, you do just, it, it's, it's astounded. Like, it's just the little, little things in the voice, which you just, it, it, you sort of, it gives, mm. it gives you a tingle, listen to it, like, that is so, yeah, that, that feels good. It's like hearing Christopher Eccleston say mm. fantastic, you know, it, um, in the Big Finish audio, etc. It's like little things like, I, I can't yeah. do the voice as well, but it's like, oh, yeah. So, you know, where he just goes really, like, almost like to the point that you can't so quietly just continues the rest of the word. And it was just that little, mm. little thing just went, oh, that's spot on. That, yeah. And um, yeah, the little I things that sort of make the hairs on the back of your neck mm. stick up. Whoever's, in, you know, whoever's saying it, whichever character, he's like, yes. In terms um, of when you were recording invested. it, John, did them, um, mm. so how did it, because uh, Louise Jameson, who, you know, as we know, famously played Leela, uh, Tom Baker's assistant yes. in 1970s, um, directed it. Um, did you, what mm. was the sort of direction like on there? Did they sort of, they just trust you to, to do it or did, was there any sort of, because I know, but from what well, I suppose all I've done when I do the Trouton audios, I've been here. Mm. I've directed myself in a sense, so I'm always there, yeah. going, you know, I like you must have done when you. I think everyone does when they're recording on their own. Is they are their own worst editor, uh, their own worst director, mm-hmm. in which they then go, "I'm just going to do that sentence again, <laughs> yeah. five more times." Yeah. Um, did, what was it like on the on the actual recording? Was it was it? Did it just flow easier? Did it? Did you have that moment to go? Actually, let me just do that again. Well, it was, you know, the great thing about Louise was, well, just the privilege of being able to have built up that relationship with her beforehand. Yeah. Because, you know, let's be honest, um, it's still early days in the grand scheme of things in my career. And Mm. I hope I've not peaked too soon. Um, (laughs) But going way back when I did the audition, you know, she was there on the day and she you know, read in uh, the other lines with me. And oh, really? she was, yeah. So immediately she was connected to what was going on. And, hmm. uh, you know, she'd known John. She'd worked with John way back. 
And yes. by that point, I'd already worked on aging down um, the way I was doing the voice. So I wasn't doing the full rasping, you know, um, you know character that you, you, you uh, version of the character that you see in Day of the Doctor, um, because I'd focused on his audios, which is a, a, a different performance style, and I think his vocal quality is very different. And for some reason, some of them he sounds a lot younger. Um, than he did um, before, whether that was in, intentional or just mm, mm. You know, how it plays out on the day. Um, but I also look back at, um, the only thing I look back on was production of Crime and Punishment from the late eight, the 70s or early 80s. Ah, um, right, okay. That's where they took the image, the, the slight out-of-focus image you see at the end of the Night of the Doctor minisode, straight oh, after the regeneration. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, there's two photos, there's that one, and there's another one from that same photo sh- session that's been used as reference for the cover art because the BBC own it. It's the only ones that they have access to because oh, there's nothing right, that exists right, of, yeah. of young John Hurt. But I use that as purely as a literal reference for John's vocal quality for the era that we're aiming for. So mm. I'd already worked on aging it down and playing it for um, that audition scene. So I wasn't reaching as far. And Louis said from the off, no one has any doubts about the sound of the voice. You sound like John Hurt. Yes. No worries there. The only thing we need to work on is, you know, basically getting you, building you up and getting you in tune with the, with the scripts and what, what we're going to be doing. Um, so we did a workshop session and we did, um, we worked from start to finish on a script just to, just really bring me up to speed on the big finish method, I guess. And oh, I see. So, they, so they really did. Role. They really did sort of coach you towards yeah. before the recording, which is, as far as I'm aware, is unheard of. Because um, you know, these stepping stones going from that Zoom chat with Nick Briggs to the audition to that workshop, it was like thinking at each stage, have I blown it? Have I blown it? And then this next breadcrumb coming along, <laughs> I think, okay, yeah. that's not bad news. So I'll, I'll just go on. That. And then we went from um, a couple of days went past after the workshop. And then they said, we're going to go and record a box set. Me thinking it was a pilot, but no, they're doing it for real. But you know, lockdown happened in between, which delayed things. But then on the day, I was there, oh, cool. I was ready. And Louise, I was you know, connected with. I felt comfortable around her and you know, having those conversations about you know, just f- f- flipping ideas back and forth on what we can do um, in a particular scene, which really took the edge off, I think, um, and just a- approaching it rather than being sort of in awe. It's like, oh my God, it's Louise Jameson who's telling me what to do. You know, <laughs> all that kind of thing. So that, that I mean, there's still a bit of that, but, you know, I, was, I, wa- I wasn't mm. in awe of her. I was working with her. Um, yeah. And that just sort of set me at ease with everything else going on because... Yeah, we recorded remotely, so it was a bit weird. So one way off, another way on with like being an octopus handling all your different requirements to hit record and doing your eye dents, <laughs> making sure no one's mowing the lawn outside. Um, oh, but yeah, just being yeah, able yeah. to be confident in approaching it was so much, just meant so much because the voice wasn't the worry. It was just performing. And Louise showed me in that session that I, it, I did have it in there that I could do it because 
That's incredible. It, it was quite an emotional day for me, I'll be absolutely honest. I did. I was welling up at one point where I did this um, quite pivotal scene. And, you know, it was quite a heavy scene. And things that were coming to me unconsciously that normally, you know, if you've got an emotional scene, you kind of have to, you know, you feel like you've got to hit certain beats and yeah, oh, I've got to yeah, yeah, crack yeah. at this moment or cry at this moment. But it was just coming naturally. I was like, Louise, what have you done to me? <laughs> but you know, the, the, the fact that she'd done, done that and shown me that mm. was just like a complete revelation. So the, the, I, I felt like I could do it. What happens in the day is the day, but I was just a lot more com comfortable hitting the ground running. Yeah. Um, but the other thing, of course, is the scripts, which were fantastic. Oh, definitely, definitely. Reading those scripts was just joyful. You know, mm. you could publish them in a, as a novel. I'd like, that was a thumping good thing. But I was reading them and seeing the kind of things it was playing with. Um, because it's the first, like, I suppose, post-regeneration story, big finish I've ever done. Because yeah. usually, you know, they've done, put in regenerations that never happened on TV. But they've never done a post-regeneration. No, they uh, haven't. Weirdly no. enough, in 20 years. And um, they absolutely le leapt on that to make that sort of arc of mm. finding this character in this new situation. And each of those three episodes is a very distinct chapter in that journey because the first one is the Doctor finding himself. Yeah. The second one is the Doctor, or rather the Time Lords finding the Doctor and getting yes, a measure yeah. on him. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, which I think some, some people have... Not quite latched onto that yet. It's basically a, a, a con. It's a big deception to say, okay, they've played me, maneuvering me into this situation. I'm going to play them to make them mm. think that, you know, their plan has worked and that puts me in a better position of control. I'll fight mm. this war, but I'll fight it on my terms. And Absolutely. then, of course, you have the final episode, which Third is Third episode's very much facing him, Daleks. He's settled. He's yeah, yeah. I, I definitely he knows that, what he's doing. Might... He knows what he's about, and it's tackling Daleks and Time Lords head on. And that, and, that um, must have also helped in the performance as well, I suppose, because it, it's not just a transition for the character, but also for you to get to grips with the character in that case as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I was just yeah. riding that wave of like the sheer mm. enthusiasm and and reaction of. Of, of reading those scripts and, and the questions it was raising. It's like, ooh, what part did such and such have to play in that? Yeah. And how much control has, you know, you know, basically has the Doctor been had? Was there anything in that potion that um, made him a warrior? What, was, it, was it just cup of soup? Um, <laughs> as, and, and, you know, just be, having those things to make, being entrusted with those decisions and those choices is hugely rewarding as an actor in any role. Yeah, But when you get to do that with a doctor, oh, it's like putty in your hands that you can just mould it in the way that you want. But you've got to bring yourself to it because if I was just imitating directly the war doctor as played by John Hurt or the later war doctor by John Hurt, there'd be no journey there. It would just be this started as he, as he finishes. And it's like, we've seen this before. We know what happens. You've got to yeah. raise some questions and sort of put some distance between one and the other. Um, so you've got somewhere to go. If by the second episode you're basically in day of the doctor mode, which is the last day of his life, don't forget. 
Yeah, yeah. Then that's very, very limiting. And from the start, everyone was saying, make it your own. And someone being, being that blunt is kind of what you need. And even, so, but even then, you kind of think, but, but is that too much? But they've trusted you for a reason. They've picked Absolutely. you for I, a reason. I, like, I know you, you said that you do, uh, uh, like, you're very grateful for Louise Jameson's uh, direction and working with you and, uh, mm. you know, that, that, that bond you had to get, to get this performance. But I, I do echo like what you just said there and um, what you also mentioned uh, about uh, John Hurt's, uh, sorry, the War Doctor's, um, was he the warrior all along? That sort of thing. Mm. I do think, yeah, the performance was definitely in you, and um, I think you know you deserve more credit than 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 Louise does. Although I'm, you know, I threw I what I listened to was not. There were times I was like, I've heard you do the voice, but there were I just could not for most of it picture you at all, which is no disrespect, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, that, that's if if that's, that's the effect the ult- that you've got. That, that is, is the goal. That is exactly yeah. My my best. It was my best uh, feedback I've ever had when I did the my big finish one, which was uh, you were so good in it. I didn't know it was you. Yeah, like, that's I mean, great. Yeah, that, well, that's, that's what yeah. we're after. We're, we're creating characters, mm. and it's not about me. It's not about you. Absolutely, it's about the character and the story. Mm. And you know, people say that. You know, the, the the performance should come first. The voice comes second. Don't wor- don't worry about the voice. But you know, I was, I'll be honest, I was a bit ballsy by saying no. I I know what I want from this, and yeah. I want I don't want people squinting. I want them laid back in and just know, their seat just, and whatever. Absolutely, enjoying it, not having to you know force anything or suspend any any disbelief. Or, or basically the audience having to work I'd, to and make I'd, this And work. I believe you succeeded in that. Uh, I really do. Oh, thank um, you. Because uh, as I say, listening to throughout, it was, it was just the only vision I had was John Hurt in his youthful days d- doing it. And I suppose actually, uh, before we wrap up really, I just want to ask, um, of course, now Louise Jameson knows mm. what, the, what the production was, of, of course. Um, what about the other supporting actors? Because uh, I know, obviously, a job's a job for some performers, mm. but and uh, they might not really know the Doctor Who stuff at all. But how did they sort of? Did they have any sort of reaction to? Uh, okay, you're playing John Hurt, even if you know. Were they aware as such? Because oh. it felt to them, I think you could have just pretended we just got John Hurt in. He's not really <laughs> gone. He's just he's there, and they just believed it. Um, well, honest did- answer: I don't know. You don't know. Because, because we recorded it remotely, um, you know, you don't have those little aside. You can't have a private you conversation. You don't have the green room, not sat suppose, in the green yeah. room. Um, so when you're on mic, you're recording, um, pretty much. The only person that really um, was quite forward about it was Helen Goldwyn, who um, oh, she, yes. she writes, she directs, she, um, she mm. acts, and she's directed Jacob Dudman. So she's got some understanding about this process. So understandably, she had a, um, a curiosity about it. So like, okay, and, and trying to sort of explain it, you know, it's taken us more or less an hour for me to explain it to you. So trying to explain to Helen yeah, between takes, yeah, yeah. she was like, okay, do you want the long version or the short version? Um, <laughs> and I, I don't think I really did it uh, no. uh, justice, but it, it, it's kind of like, you know, how how do you explain the magic trick? If it's just something yeah, that yeah. comes naturally, you know, to me or to you, whether it's me doing War Doctor or you doing Second Doctor, mm. um, 
if it's something that you've that's just grown over time mm. that you know to in some way only you can really do to a a, a, a recognizable standard um which is yeah. directly linked to you so how how do you really break that down without sounding like an absolute narcissist oh absolutely um, yeah so it, i think everyone else just kind of rolled with it Obviously, I can't <laughs> see their faces or their reactions. That's suppose they just, just turned up. Goes, what it was. Yeah, so job's a job here. Um, mm. um, I think it's John Hurt and the other line. I'm not sure. Is he, is he died? <laughs> yeah. But but they do this every day. You know, some of them are yeah. are, are regulars. Some of them are are, are day players. But um, you know, I'm sure they've heard weirder tricks and voices than than coming from my True, mouth. true, true, uh, true. Not yeah. least like when Nicholas Briggs is playing Daleks and different Daleks. Um, very, very true. But, the highest praise that I think came through at any point um, during the recording anyway was when Louise like said and cut there I have goosebumps I was like that's what I want that's that, that you, you can't ask for more than that no when someone says their hair is standing on on end just from a raw take you know it's gonna something's gone well yeah. here and know, you know yeah. that's carried through to people listening now uh, the what's been overwhelming is just the generosity people have had with sharing their praise and you know I thank each and everyone for that I think it, it's very much cemented you really amongst them um, uh, because I've seen some of the you know the feedback um, on, on Twitter and so forth and it has generally mostly been positive mm. it's not been a case of and it, you, you know because there's always that fear of they're not quite there or they don't sound anything like them or, or those sort of comments or, or why didn't they get uh, so-and-so mm. I mean, in to do don't it. Don't get me wrong, I've not been looking for anything negative, you know. No, I'm not, no. Not straight but, onto Gallifrey Brace just yet. Um, no, no, no. But, you know, it's been um, a hell of a 18 months. I've just been soaking it up because a lot of work has gone into it and I'm, I'm going to make the most of it. As I say, there was like even if if like Big Finish never doubted you, nice certain. Even if I knew beforehand, I still would never have doubted that you would pull it off, mm. and uh, and you have. And it's you know it, if um, I highly recommend that anyone listening does go out and, and buys it. It's it's absolutely fantastic box set. Um, and uh, no, it's actually been a no, it's been an absolute joy uh, discussing uh, your method with you, John, about it. I hope there's a point in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anything, these podcasts are just going to be us, uh, me rambling with different people, um, and some at some point, some bit's got to stick. But uh, no, so so in, I suppose the only last thing I could say before before we go is um, uh, is there? So this is, I believe, it is box set one, isn't it? Yes, box set one of four. And funny story, (laughs) I didn't realise we were doing four until the second day of recording of box set one. Wow. (laughs) Because I thought the first one was just almost like a pilot, a one-off. You'd, um, yeah, you you test the waters and then yeah, go, right um, now we'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got the first recording day locked down. I thought, yeah, that went pretty well. <laughs> uh, next day, producer David Richardson says, uh, oh, we've got the scripts for box set two. And I was like, what? Was <laughs> I was like, what? And wow. Said, okay. Um, that is not I, a sign that they knew if it was going to work as well. That's well, he was talking like, oh. dates straight away. I thought, I, I, uh, are you free in November? I was like, yes, I guess so. <laughs> and I said, 
I don't want to push my luck here, but how many are, we, are, you, are you planning? I said, oh, we're doing four. We're doing four. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> and there's and then, and there's a lot of potential for other things that you know so many things they 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 can throw in as well. Uh, we won't speculate on here, of course, because I don't want you to get in. No, we don't want to jinx anything. Yeah, we don't want to jinx it. And plus, if you have been told anything, I don't want to make it any mm. any awkward for you. Um, but the, but uh, the important thing is that the way it's been received, you know, people saying in a year when we've had so much like output from like David mm. Tennant, and the year we got Christopher Eccleston back. You've got people saying War Doctor Begins is their favourite release of the year. I think that's yeah, got to count for something, and I hope it's that... It's certainly mine out of all three. No offence to Eccleston or Tennant, but uh, no, either. If you're um, listening... You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, 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 thank you very much for coming on the on the show there, John. It's been an absolute pleasure and uh, quite insightful as well as to as to the methods and so forth. No, thank you um, for indulging me. That's, that's all right. It's almost like I'm finally someone's asked me. <laughs> um, well, someday you've got to find someone to interview you for this thing. So, uh... Uh, oh, shut up. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't, we'll we'll see. But uh, anyway, yes. Thank you very much for coming on the show, to John. It's been an absolute delight, and. Uh, you, we can find, what are your Twitter handles, just so people know? Uh, it's at Jonathan underscore Carly, but like I said, it's not about me. Just listen to the stories and enjoy. Yeah, of course. And just and tweet him his praise, because uh, you, you need more of it. Um, <laughs> um, well, thank you very much for listening, and thank you for joining me, John. And that was Jonathan Carly in the first episode of More Than Just an Impression. And if you're interested in purchasing the War Doctor Begins box sets please go to www.bigfinish.com. And that concludes our first episode. We'll be back next time with exclusive guest, John Coleshaw. See you then. 